You're listening to End of the Line on WRIR 97.3 FM Richmond. End of the Line is an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. I'm Whitney Whiting. I call it a biological sponge. It's like a biological sponge up here. There's water everywhere. There are people who've had their drinking water supplies impacted. That information was submitted within the last week. We've already seen so many failures in Boone's Mill, Rocky Mountain of sediment control measures failing. That's nothing compared to what's gonna happen on Bent Mountain and Poor Mountain. That terrain will be unforgiving and you will see major failures if this project is not stopped before they start digging. This is episode 22, our first episode of season three. And for the last seven months, the Mountain Valley Pipeline has been cutting, trenching, welding, and laying pipe at breakneck speed for its 42-inch fracked gas project through the mountains of so-called Virginia and West Virginia, while the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, a nearly identical fracked gas pipeline from Dominion Energy, has been largely stalled at the tree-cutting phase due to a lack of effective water permitting from the Virginia DEQ. In Virginia, at least, ACP seems to be laying low, while MVP forges ahead into mounting delays and legal hurdles. MVP representatives have maintained a confident and steely facade through the regulatory and legal uncertainties. But with share value dropping every week, and nearly 50% of their workers now dismissed because of a federal stop work order, it's difficult to say how long MVP can keep up appearances. Hi, Whitney. Today it's Friday, the 3rd of August. It's Friday night, uh, and it's about eight days since the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled against the Forest Service. As we mentioned at the end of Season 2, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the Forest Service acted arbitrarily and capriciously when it changed its forest management plan to allow the MVP to cross the Jefferson National Forest. A week later, pipeline opponents got more good news. Today, this evening, after close of business, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission issued a stop work order on the pipeline due to the decision in the Fourth Circuit vacating the, the approval to use the National Forest. And that's because it's because the forest is in the middle of the pipeline route. And if the route, if they determine, if the National Forest determines after reevaluation that they need to alter the route, then there's no sense in Mountain Valley Pipeline continuing to construct. Tammy Belinsky is an environmental lawyer from Floyd County, who was part of the original lawsuit against the Forest Service. She made her calls to spread the news to clients and colleagues, including her legal partner in the lawsuit, Bill Wolf. Hey, I just wanted to make sure you knew. Congratulations to you, too. Okay, great. Whitney's here with me. She just happened to come up t- tonight to talk to me about um, water control board meeting stuff. And... Uh, and uh, so she was here when uh, Carolyn Riley called me to tell me about it. So, 
Carolyn Riley, farmer, mother, and pipeline fighter since day one, was one of the first to spread the news. So, uh, well, it's probably been 30 minutes now that uh, the email in the docket, the FERC docket, came through that FERC issued a stop work order for the Mountain Valley Pipeline because of the federal issue with the National Forest and the Bureau of Land Management, that they need to stop all work until that is resolved. <laughs> the, only work, hey. the only work they can do is to, what was it, Ian? I think the only work that they can do is, is making sure, I guess probably fixing erosion problems, sediment and erosion problems, and securing... That's not or whatever. Okay, yeah, wait like a minute. They can't do any construction work. Okay, so letter requesting Mountain Valley Pipeline LLC to file an interim right-of-way and work area stabilization plan within five days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm so glad you're here for this moment, Whitney. It says something about, in, it says, there's no reason to believe that... That the Forest they, Service can't paper over their mistakes. <laughs> That's what it says. Though they celebrated, pipeline opponents also waited for the inevitable catch for an announcement that seemed too good to be true. The FERC letter stated clearly that all construction must cease immediately, with the exception of any measures that would be necessary to stabilize the right-of-way. A few days later, MVP submitted their stabilization plan and insisted that the only way to stabilize certain work areas was to put the pipe in the ground and keep working. Bill Wolf explained what the stop work order really means according to these latest developments from FERC. The big picture is that when we won our case in the Fourth Circuit Federal Appeals Court, vacating the Forest Service Management Plan decisions and vacating and eliminating the BLM permit to cross federal lands, it put the whole project should have should have suspended the actual FERC approval because the FERC approval actually required that all permits be in place. And this was not a, a suspension of a permit or a question about it. It vacated it. Those documents are gone. They're, they're now illegal, according to the, the court. The court ruled on two things. In addition, they said these, the, the process was flawed and these permits are, are no longer valid. And the management plan isn't valid because you, the Forest Service never had its proper hearings and never addressed how the MVP could possibly build on such steep slopes. In addition, in addition, they, they specifically said that the environmental impact statement that was published jointly by the Forest Service and the FERC was flawed. So the FERC is facing two issues. One, the, a court has told them that the EIS is not valid, and two, that the not all the permits are in place anymore. So in addition to Condition 9, the FERC actually should be suspending the entire permit. 
Mountain Valley Pipeline does not believe that they are required to follow the rule of law. And that is an historical condition that, that the EQT, the parent con- company, behaves under out of uh, Pennsylvania. They are environmental criminals who have pled guilty to environmental crimes in the state of Pennsylvania and then refused to pay the penalties that were associated with those crimes and are still appealing those fines. The idea that any federal agency, any state agency, would license an environmental criminal, the managing partner and largest stockholder of MVP is EQT, to be empowered to use the the very limited constitutional right of eminent domain is beyond my comprehension. EQT is not a public utility, should never have had any of these permits, and should should certainly not have been permitted to devastate 303 miles of the most beautiful countryside in, in the world. This has to stop. The most recent behavior that's unbelievable is that on July 27th, when the Fourth Circuit ordered the vacating of those permits, during the week, one week between July 27th and the following Friday, when the FERC ordered this stop work order and asked for a plan from MVP, during that week, MVP emptied and moved pipe onto the route as fast as they could. Specifically, the one... the the nearly two miles of route in Craig County, we have now documented they, they, they moved pipe onto that route with the intention of having pipe buried up to the edge of the National Forest so that when the Forest Service faces its decisions in six months, they would be in the awkward position of saying, well, we're going to have to accept the existing route because there's pipe already in the ground surrounding both crossings in at the Giles Monroe County area and at the Craig County, Montgomery County area of National Forest. That is borders criminal borders on criminal behavior to intentionally tell the Fourth Circuit, well you made that decision, but we're gonna we're gonna avoid it by 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 putting pipe on the route. They then filed the following Wednesday after the stop work order a request to, to bury all that pipe as, a, as a, the best way to stabilize the pipe route. And the FERC initially agreed and said, okay, you can bury 80 miles of pipe, all the pipe where there's pipe lying on the route. Uh, whether they, whether the FERC knew that MVP had rushed a lot of pipe out of their storage areas onto the route, we don't know. But it was intentional. And it was it was intentional way to thumb their noses at the Fourth Circuit and say the rule of law does not apply to MVP. FERC avoided the real issues of their of of the Fourth Circuit ruling. They only addressed the possibility that the Forest Service has the it's been instructed to consider alternative routes. They did not address the fact that the permit is gone. And therefore, Condition 9 of their approval is gone. And they did not address the fact that the EIS, the the environmental work that the FERC oversaw, that was based entirely on Mountain Valley Pipeline data, allowing an environmental criminal to be the agency that provides the data for environmental study, 
is unbelievable. But they avoided those two issues, fundamental issues that the Fourth Circuit had addressed by diverting our attention by issuing a stop work order that then became a not stop work. Go ahead and put 80 miles of pipe in the ground. It was brilliant. And if it wasn't collusion or conspiracy or criminal, it's pretty close to all of those. If you're just tuning in, you're catching End of the Line, an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. I'm Whitney Whiting. In light of recent courtroom victories against the Mountain Valley Pipeline, legal teams are filing new lawsuits to challenge the validity of MVP's main certificate from FERC, the Certificate of Public Convenience and Necessity. For pipeline opponents, An invalid certificate from the court would signify the death knell of a project that has been devastating their water and their lives for over four years. Bill Wolf, environmental lawyer and part of the team that successfully challenged the U.S. Forest Service, says that there are elements of the current situation that make it unprecedented. It's not unheard of for lawsuits to challenge the environmental impact statement of a fracked gas pipeline. However, when this has happened, it's often the case that the pipeline is so far along in construction that the legal challenges are symbolic at best. In this case, says Bill, that isn't so. We are now in a position where we think we can actually capture a ruling prior to that condition because this pipeline is not that far along and can we, we can bring this, we, we need to succeed at stopping this pipeline. That is an unprecedented situation. The other unprecedented situation is that the stop work order is caused by the FERC permit no longer being valid. So the FERC, this is a different situation that, than, than previous cases that we know of. And the the other situation is that MVP blatantly, you know, dumping pipe on the line and then saying we want to bury it in order to avoid uh, erosion. While there's a stop work order and the permit is really invalid, that's unprecedented and, and needs, to, needs to be quickly squelched. But the stop work order does something else, says Tammy Belinsky. Another environmental lawyer who helped argue the Fourth Circuit case against the Forest Service. She says that with the upcoming State Water Control Board meeting on Tuesday, August 21st, the board has time to reevaluate the water certification it granted to MVP back in December of 2017. The stop work order is an opportunity for the State Water Control Board to undertake the stream by stream analysis that would be required should they determine that the Nationwide 12 is inadequate. So the Nationwide 12 is a general permit. If they were to find that the Nationwide 12 permit is not not adequate to protect water quality, which we believe they should find that, then an individual permit would be required. And that is what 
is the basis for a stream-by-stream analysis. An individual permit requires stream-by-stream identification and analysis. So the stop work order creates time for the Water Control Board to do that. But in order to do that, really they should also suspend or revoke the 401. We've been told that they don't have the authority. There's no mechanism in the law to suspend a permit. Um, That's what they say. Um, But they can revoke a permit. The certificate says that it can be revoked after a, a proper hearing. The DEQ has told us that there would need to be what's called a formal hearing. It's not clear whether the public even would have a role in something like that. That's one reason why it's so important to get, to make the board aware of the reality on the ground. And that's what people have been doing up and, you know, up until this week, the week before the Water Control Board meeting, providing the board with documentation. We've had the Mountain Valley Watch produce a report showing photographs of sedimentation events, failures of best management practices. We've had individuals do that. One in Craig County that I'm aware of, one in Montgomery County that I'm aware of, and one from Franklin County, giving the board detailed descriptions of what they've seen, including photographs, and expressing their concerns. One of those people is Lance Gallimore of Franklin County. Lance has been documenting as much as possible, by foot and by drone, especially when it rains. Um, We were experiencing normal rains. It really wasn't anything special. There was water flowing in and out of multiple areas, um, flowing directly into the creek. Um, One corner it had actually spilled over and there was a waterfall um, flowing down into the creek. Um, out from that location, there were two other um, points where the silt screens had completely collapsed. And because so much water had built up behind them, you literally had just waterfalls of silt, mud, oil, whatever was left from the equipment, literally flowing into that creek right there you probably had three or four spill areas just on one side of the road. Um, When we looked across the road at the other side, it wasn't any better. Trash everywhere, construction debris, floating pieces of debris, equipment submerged, um, and it was all flowing out into a farmer's field. According to Lance, the site along Grassy Hill Road in Franklin County is a high visibility site. Anyone can see it from the road. It's where Anne and Steve Bernard live, whom listeners may recall from our first episode of Season 2. Lance says that MVP has tried to improve the visible portions of the site with additional controls, but they're still failing. Even as recent as August 3rd and August 7th, after FERC had issued the stop work order, Lance took video of plumes of sediment entering nearby Teals Creek. I mean, we have the videos of the water literally flowing out of the site, unfiltered, unregulated. It was a failure. That site was a failure. There's no two ways about it. 
Um, I'm not sure what the DEQ representative saw. Maybe he just drove by. Maybe he didn't bother to get out of his car. Um, I would invite him to come with me anytime he wants, and I'll be happy to show him. Lance compiled evidence of multiple failures just like this one, along half a dozen sites in Franklin County, which he says are just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the damage he's seen. He sent them all to the State Water Control Board ahead of Tuesday's August 21st meeting. Well, the documentation of the impacts on the ground show that the State Water Control Board can have no reasonable assurance that water quality will be protected. And that's the standard under Section 401 of the Clean Water Act, is that the board has to have a reasonable assurance that the water quality standards will be protected. We've seen tremendous and unacceptable devastation of our water resources with sedimentation from runoff from the construction sites, access roads, the pipeline corridor itself, and the most vulnerable sites, the steepest slopes, haven't even been approached yet. Now, for a second time, pipeline opposition turns to the State Water Control Board meeting, taking place this coming Tuesday, August 21st, in Richmond, to see whether or not they will act on their suspicion that the Army Corps permit is insufficient to protect Virginia water, a suspicion that pipeline opponents have been voicing for years. There was a comment period, and we thought we were going to be at a board meeting in June after the comment period, and that board meeting never occurred. So the board meeting is now Tuesday, the 21st of August, and we are, our understanding is that we won't be permitted to speak to this issue to the board. They will be considering it on their agenda. At the board meeting in December of 2017, Melanie Davenport, the director of water programs, was explaining various aspects of the 401 permitting process and the staff's view of it. And she was explaining to the board that we don't have a water quality standard for sediment. And Tim Hayes, who's a retired attorney, who worked in water resources law all of his career, his entire career, clarified with Ms. Davenport. He said, well, the narrative standard applies, doesn't it? And Melanie Davenport said yes. So I reminded the DEQ of that in that telephone call. So they have an obligation under the narrative water quality standard to stop this. And they need to stop it. The legal piece is clearly influenced by the resistance everywhere else. Things that take longer to develop, bring more information, impacts become more obvious, people see things over a longer period of time, they start making sense instead of being disjointed pieces of information. And uh, in the localities, people are standing up and saying, no, 
we will not accept this under any circumstances. We don't want you. Go home. And uh, there's no place where there is not a significant amount of resistance to these pipelines. And this has never happened before. And these are just two pipelines. These same things are happening in, uh, in South Carolina, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in West Virginia. Pennsylvania, a lot. And what stopped the Constitution pipeline in New York is in play uh, at the state level here. In New York, they fought hard against the Constitution pipeline. And in that case, they, they, did, they were able to use that Clean Water Act certification of the state to stop that pipeline. Mm -hmm. But if there wasn't enough, if activists hadn't created the window in order to bring that issue to the forefront, then it couldn't have been used to stop it. Because no, nobody will, nobody will use even those tools that are available unless citizens push for it. So what does Tammy expect to see from the members of the State Water Control Board meeting this Tuesday? Well, what they should do is find that the nationwide 12 isn't sufficient. And if they do that, though, because it's a component of the 401 certification, in my view, it pulls the 401 down. So, you know, it's like a brick and you pull that brick out, if you pull the Nationwide 12 out of the 401, then the 401's going to fall. That's what should happen. I anticipate there being concern and questions out of at least one of the board members, maybe two, maybe more, I don't know, but at least the one who had the concern in December to reserve their authority under the Nationwide 12, the 401 certification of the Nationwide 12. I expect there to be questions, and I expect the Attorney General's office to be answering those questions in a manner that limits the board's authority, because that's the way the Attorney General has behaved in this, throughout this entire process. And I, what I hope is for the board to have the courage to challenge that authority if and when it has the opportunity to do so. More to come in the next episode of End of the Line. End of the Line is produced by Whitney Whiting, with special thanks for this episode going to Tammy Belinsky, Bill Wolf, and Lance Gallimore. If you would like to attend the State Water Control Board meeting on Tuesday, August 21st, it will take place at 900 East Main Street in Richmond at 9 a.m. Music by Restroy. Find the full EP at milkfactoryproductions.bandcamp.com. Additional music by Loba Marino. Find them on lobamarinomusic.com and catch all episodes from End of the Line at pipelinepodcast.org. <laughs>